Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. History was made in Miami last night, and here is the only thing you need, you need to know about that. Udonis Haslam is a legend. That could be the entire take right there. I could walk off on that. Like, that line in and of itself could be the entire take. UD is an absolute legend. One of the best ever. I mean, literally. Truly one of the best ever do it. When you think of the Miami Heat, there are a lot of things that you can think about. Let's play a little word association. I'm going to hit you with something. You tell me what comes to mind. Miami Heat. LeBron. Wade. Bosh. Shaq. Me personally, I've done this long enough that when I think about the Miami Heat, one of the first guys I think of is Ronnie Cycli. Of course, the good job, good effort kid. A stunning result here at the American Airlines Arena. The crowd has gone silent. I love that kid. That kid is not getting nearly enough run. The good job, good effort kid. That's what you want when you're walking off. Coming through the tunnel. Good job. Good effort. Also, when I think about the Miami Heat, I think about that fan who shouted, it wasn't our year during a finals game that the Heat actually did win. I can't believe they lost. That's the only thing I'm thinking right now. They were all so close. It's okay. They tried. It wasn't our year. It wasn't our year. So, for instance, when I bring up the Heat, you might think of all those things. But you better also think about Udonis Haslam. Because nobody embodies the Miami Heat more than Haslam. Nobody. Nobody. Maybe Pat Riley. Maybe. But maybe not even him. You see, UD turns 41 next month. This blows my mind how awesome this is. He turns 41 next month. He's in his 18th NBA season. He had not played a single minute the entire year. But that does not mean that he's not a valuable member of the Heat team or this Heat organization. And if you needed any reminder of that, UD and the Heat gave you a great reminder last night. If you didn't see it, I can't wait to tell you what happened. Miami's playing Philadelphia. It's a team they could face in the postseason. So when Eric Spolstra sent UD into the game with less than a minute left in the first quarter, the reaction from the fans who had been allowed into the building was just awesome. Check this. Here is, I'm sure this is going to be a surprise to those on hand as he hears it from this crowd, 18-year veteran out of Florida. He has been the guy in the locker room. There's Pat Riley among those applauding Udonis Haslam. Such an important player, even though he has not been on the court very much, but uh, he has been so important in terms of the culture of this team over the years. Very much. Has not been on the court very much. He had not been on the court at all. He hadn't played a single minute all year. And if you're watching on CBS Sports Network, you saw the video. Pat Riley was standing and applauding. Pat Riley gave the guy a standing ovation. Everybody was on their feet, including Riley, because Riley knows UD and he knows what he's about. Just so I'm really clear about that, okay? The guy had not played a single second this season. So we're talking about somebody who was born in Miami, went to Miami Senior High School, went undrafted in 2002, played in France, comes back, wins a roster spot with the Heat, and then never left. So let me say that one last time. Nobody embodies the heat more than UD. 
the thinking is this might be his final season as a player. That might have been his final home game. So it made sense. You want to get this guy in. You want to make sure if, in fact, this is it, that you get him some minutes in the last game at home. And this guy takes the floor for the first time this season, immediately makes an impact. He had a bucket just seconds into stepping onto the floor. Then he takes a charge to start the second quarter. Then he hits a jumper moments later. Doing all this stuff when he hasn't played the entire year and he's 41. Then it got nice. Things got really nice after that because Haslam and Dwight Howard were battling in the paint. Howard throws Haslam to the floor. And if you get the chance to see the clip, it's incredible. Because UD appears to take a moment on the floor and he's thinking about what he's going to do. He's thinking about what his reaction's going to be. And what he decided to do was wait for the next stoppage in play so he could then set Dwight Howard straight. And a foul is called on Haslam. And now Haslam's having words with Dwight Howard. I'm loving this right now. Oh, Uh-oh. here we go. Haslam pointing Uh-oh. the finger may have made contact. He talked about his toughness before. See, first of all, Howard throws him to the ground here. And now here's the words between Haslam. And there's the point. May have been contact. Yeah. Yep. He's gone. They, they ejected him. Let me tell you something. That might have been my single favorite moment of the NBA season. That might have been my single favorite moment ever in the NBA. That's quite possibly my favorite moment in the history of sports. And that's how much I love this guy. It's like he thought for a moment, like, what's the appropriate response? This guy threw me to the floor. He's down there thinking about it. All right, so what's the appropriate response? Oh, I know. Go time. And he went. My man got up in Dwight Howard's face, nose to nose, told him what's up, and based on lip reading, told him to, quote, shut your bleeping mouth or I'm going to shut your bleeping mouth. And then went hands to the face and got ejected. And it was awesome. It was so incredible. No one better than UD. Shut your bleeping mouth, or I'm going to shut your bleeping mouth, to Dwight Howard. I'm no better guy to say that to than Howard. That's the stuff that most people dream about. I mean, there are lots of people who would pay very, very good money to tell Dwight Howard to shut his bleeping mouth. UD got paid money to tell Dwight Howard to shut his bleeping mouth. I mean, that would be awesome in any game on any night, but doing that when you're playing your first minutes of the entire season? This dude is a legend. My man gets his season debut, he makes it, and he gets ejected a few minutes later. Grand opening, grand closing, thanks for coming. I cannot stress this enough. He was already one of my favorite players in the NBA. One of my all-time favorite players in the association. I actually didn't think that I could respect or admire him any more than I did prior to last night. And then somehow, someway, my man, UD, raises the bar. Check these numbers. Two shots, four points, a rebound, a drawn charge, two tees, and an ejection. And he did it in three minutes. I'm not even sure it was three minutes. Like, I think they had to round it up to get to three. And all in his first and maybe final action of the entire season. You kidding me about that? What's more awesome than that? Don't bother answering because the answer is nothing. 
my guy is averaging a technical a minute for the season. He's averaging an ejection per game for the season. Take that for data. Take that for data. Man, what a legend. All of this in his first and only three minutes of play this year. You talk about keeping yourself ready to play. Big Dog knows. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. He shows up, balls out, gets in a much bigger dude's face, tells him to shut your bleeping mouth or I'm going to shut your bleeping mouth, and then gets tossed in his first and only game of the season. And you want to know what this guy means to that team and that organization. Check the reaction from everybody as he left the court. Standing ovation, including members of the Heat staff. Members of the staff were standing and applauding. You know Riley had to be fired up. Hell, I was 3,000 miles away, standing and applauding in my living room. I'm literally sitting and applauding the morning after on my radio program because that is some king bleep right there. King bleep. No wonder Haslam is known as the keeper of the culture. That's the Miami Heat culture right there. We will not get outworked. We will not get out-toughed. We will not be punked. Because that's not just UD being UD. That's about him sending a message. That's a Sixers team that Miami may face in the playoffs. And UD was throwing down a marker. This is who we are. This is how it's going to be. We're not getting punked by anybody, especially you, Philly. No wonder Eric Spolstra went with this after the game. That was my favorite moment of the season so far. Just excessive passion, competitiveness, uh, and anger. Just love it. And that's why we roll with UD. The only thing I was waiting for is for him to take his mouthpiece out and throw it at Joey Crawford. And by the way, he said that as a nod to an all-time great UD moment. I mean, Spolstra, you can, you can just hear the smile in his voice. Like, I've never heard the guy sound like that. He was all hyped. Bam Adebayo had a reaction as well. His reaction, Bam's, was really quite simple. Quote, I'm like, this mother bleeper's crazy. End of quote. Such a great quote too, right? Bam said, this, I'm like, this mother bleeper's crazy. Yeah, hey, Bam, if by crazy you mean legendary, then yes, I would agree. This dude is crazy. And if you just meant crazy, like crazy, yeah, crazy like a fox. He knows exactly what he's doing. Haslam is not just some dude showing up and being a wild man. Haslam is showing up and being Haslam. And he's got absolutely no problem with what happened. He's not taking back anything that happened. You know, obviously, very physical, you know, Dwight plays the way Dwight plays and you know it was just a conversation between me and him where I just wanted to make it clear that the throwing down and the swinging of the elbows and things like that you know I just felt like we should kind of leave that out of the game for tonight and I think he disagrees so like I mean, when he disagreed I disagreed and it was a whole bunch of disagreeing <laughs> I don't remember what happened you know at, at the end of the day um, I am who I am Hey, I am who I am. I mean, I can't change now. You know what I mean? My stepmom texted me right after the game and said I did the right thing, so I have no doubts in my mind I did the right thing. Man, you tell me somebody cooler than that guy. You tell me somebody better than that guy. I'm challenging you. Find me somebody better than that guy. Quote, I am who I am. I can't change now. Hell no, UD. Nor should you. 
18 years in, you should not change who you are, and I'm right there with your stepmom. You did do the right thing. You generally do. Even UD knows the significance of that moment from last night. The plan was to play more minutes and get more rebounds, just so you know. That was, the plan was not to play only three minutes and get one rebound. I, that was not the plan. I was planning on talking way more after the game about my rebound and stats, but it didn't work out like that. Um, if this is the last one, I finished it the only way Udonis has them could with an ejection. Was that a hint? I said if. If it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. If. If. Tim, if. This dude is so awesome. He is so great. If that's how it ends, then it's the most Udonis Haslam thing ever. Ending on an ejection. His words, not mine. I also love that take about the plan was not to go out there and get ejected three minutes in. The plan was to go out there, get a bunch of rebounds, talk a bunch of bleep about it after it was over. He didn't go looking to get ejected three minutes in. Imagine this guy working all year to stay ready, finally getting that opportunity, and then he got ejected three minutes in. And it was awesome. Let me tell you about that. So awesome that if that is his final game, that might be the greatest thing ever. That's Kobe dropping 60 in his final game. That's Peyton Manning walking off on a Super Bowl. Nothing but respect for UD. The bleeping king of Miami. Oh, man. I cannot wait to tell you about my new X chair. I have never had an office chair that looks or feels so amazing in my entire career. Honestly, it is so comfortable. I could sit for hours and never feel uncomfortable. So what's the secret? Well, it's not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar support, which offers incredible lumbar support to my lower back, but now thanks to their new XHMT technology, I can also get heat and massage therapy while I'm sitting at my desk. It's incredible. So instead of my old, uncomfortable office chair, now I actually look forward to spending hours sitting in the ultimate therapeutic massager. The XHMT delivers heat and massage technology right to my core. It helps increase blood flow, muscle recovery, and energy. All perks that make working from home or the office absolutely amazing. I'm doing all that and getting all that while I'm working. You will not believe the X-Chair difference until you feel the X-Chair difference for yourself. Trust me, this is the luxury sports car of office chairs. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. What you need to do is go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X, chair, Rome.com or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR, 1-844-4X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Go to xchairrome.com right now and use code XWHEELS for free X-Wheel blade casters. xchairrome.com. All right, everybody, everybody get down. It's back. Everybody He's down. back. The big head with big head bets. What's up, head? How you living? Man, much better now that Jim in Arizona clarified that uh, Bob Baffert mystery for us, Jim. I'm doing great. Right? I'm so glad we got to the bottom of that. All right, listen. <laughs> before we get started, I want a quick thought from you about the space overall. For instance, as more and more states sign off, more and more people are going to jump in and participate. From where I'm sitting, it's actually a beautiful thing. How do you feel about it? 
Yeah, it's a fantastic thing. It's only going to get bigger and bigger, and these states are coming around. I believe last check there were 22 states on board, and legislation moving forward on all but three states to legalize some sort of sports betting. So as we go forward, it's going to get better and better, and we all have sports books on our phones. So, And I think half the fans realize that this adds to the game. It doesn't take away from anything. So all good, man. Well said. Well said, head. All right, so because of my excused but unexplained absence from the show last Thursday and Friday, and I'm still not saying why, for the record. Maybe one day, but not right now. But because of that, we missed one of your segments, and I'm jonesing hard. I missed out on a lot of action because I was not here at the end of the week. Are you ready to make some dough? Hell freaking yes. Let's do this. Let's do this. Why don't we start in the association? Clippers v. Rockets. L.A. is suddenly playing pretty well, and there's no reason that they should not break Houston's face. But knowing they're going to win is one thing. Knowing how much they'll win by is entirely another. Since we rarely play the money line, what is the number you're looking at in this game, and who are you taking? I have the Clippers at minus 11.5, and I'm hitting that. The Rockets are sitting their best players, which I'm not sure what that actually means considering the worst team in the NBA. But even when they had their best, they are an NBA worst as a home dog gym. They have only covered 23% in that role this season. The Clippers are coming in on no rest, which they are fire in that role. They are 10-1-1 with no rest against the spread. They need to win this game for seeding. Hold this for a little bit. Make sure Ty Lue's going to play most of his guys, but I'm going L.A. Clippers minus 11 and a half. That made me laugh. Houston is resting its best players, whoever they might be, because they're bad. <laughs> all right, so Clippers minus 11 and a half. Same thing with the Nuggets and Pistons, all right? No way, no way the Pistons win this game, not the way they're playing, and not when they have nothing to play for, and not when you recall that Denver knocked them the hell out the last time they played, and not when the Nuggets have the soon-to-be NBA MVP. So it's not a question of if the Pistons get their asses kicked, but how badly? What is the number you see for this one? How are you leaning? Denver is favored by nine. The Pistons don't have any reason to win, yes, but they have plenty of reasons to lose here. It's all about the Cade Cunningham ping pong balls, and I'm banking heavily in teams with incentives to lose this weekend and tonight. The Pistons had nine guys available the other night, and I need more of that tonight, fellas. Denver could run the Clippers down for that three spot, so they want to win here. They are also at their best covering in non-conference games, which this is. Let's go Denver, Jim, minus nine. Mark it down, clones. Nuggets, minus nine. Hey, I'll tell you something else, Head. You want to talk about somebody who's about to get a bat taken to them? The Oklahoma City Thunder. And you know why that is? Stay with me, clones. I don't want you to get all caught up and bewildered by some of the analytics that I'm about to drop on you. But the reason the Thunder are about to get hammered by the Jazz is because the Thunder are garbage. And the Jazz are legit title contenders. That's why. But it would cost me way too much to play that game straight up to make it interesting. So what is the line? Which way are you going here? The line is Utah minus 13 and a half, and it's moving pretty quick here. It's at Oklahoma City, and again, I'm taking a shot on a massive spread, and I'm going with the Jazz here. There's no other way to put it, Jim. The OKC squad right now, it's straight ass, like straight ass, and I love it. They have prioritized throwing, I'm sorry, uh, developing their young players for over the past month. They've lost 20 of 21 basketball games, and they have kept losing they, I mean, they have to keep losing like Detroit, Detroit does for those uh, ping-pong balls. The 13.5 is high for the Jazz. 
They don't cover at a high rate on the road. That is worrisome. Also, they are banged up, but the Thunder have covered only 33% of their home dogs this season. They are even worse when they have rest. That says a lot about their squad. OKC has to lose. Utah still hasn't clinched the top overall spot. Let's hit the Jazz, minus 13.5, minus 14. Write that down. You know what I always say. Calling a team straight ass is not a take, but they are, so I will allow it. Then you've got the Wizards and Cavs. Normally, I do not give a damn about two sub-500 teams playing late in the season with nothing to play for, but the Wizards, sub-500 and 10th overall in the East, actually do have something to play for thanks to the play-in tourney, and there's a lot to like about them right now and almost nothing to like about about the Cavs. We're looking at another ass kicking. What is the number? How are you playing it? So uh, the number is seven and a half, minus seven and a half for Washington. And Washington can clinch their playing game tonight, and they still have room to move up in the playoffs. So I think they will be at their best. The Cavs, they're kind of pissing me off lately. They're actually playing their best players and with some effort. But as an away underdog, Cleveland hasn't showed up all season. They've covered only 29% of their games. Couple that with the fact that they are even worse on one day's rest. The Wizards play fast, and I'm going Wizards minus 7.5. That's amazing. You haven't gone for any of the dogs or value plays. All right, then. I agree with you. Let's do something. Let me say something that I haven't said in a long time. Let's talk some NFL. The schedule, of course, dropped this week. I know you love to hit NFL futures before the season starts. How are you handling this? Are you throwing down on a future Super Bowl winner, or are you going to play the over-under on wins? Um, right now, I'm going to play the over-under on wins after I saw the schedule. I will play, of course, the Super Bowl odds at some point, but I'm going over and under here, Jim. I've got one team over. i got one under. So well, right who are now, they, dude? Who the, well, the first one is the over is Minnesota at eight and a half wins. I love this bet. I love the Vikings. Their defense struggled badly last season on all levels. This season, they are getting Mike, Michael Pierce on the field finally, and they signed Dalvin Tomlinson. That should help stop the run. They're getting healthy linebackers back. Plus, they are getting Daniel Hunter back as well, one of the best pass rushers in the entire NFL. Their back end got some help. They might be average, and at this point, average is good for the Vikings back there. And in offense, they invested in that offensive line. They have weapons. I love the over for the 2021 Vikings here. All right, so I'm going to keep moving. You must like that. You just spent five minutes on it. Come on, head. Keep Love moving. It. UFC 262, another good card for Dana White and an absolutely incredible headlining event. My man, Michael Chandler, as you know, he came over from Bellator. He had extreme hype in his first fight with Dana White in UFC. He was spectacular, but he is in tough, really mm. tough against Charles Oliveira. Styles make fights. They're totally different guys. Who do you have here? Man, this is a mother to call, and the odds reflected. I'm going to go Oliveira Mm. as a slight favorite. I didn't want to do it. Mm. I could see Michael Chandler knocking him out, but Charles, man, he came into the UFC at a young age. He's gotten weathered, and now he's living up to that massive hype and his potential. He's won eight fights in a row. He is a damn good fighter, and so is Michael Chandler. I could lose this thing. I mean, it is close. And I, I want Michael Chandler to win, but Oliveira is just, man, he is incredible lately. I'm going to acknowledge how amazing Oliveira is. I mean, he is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going with my guy, man, Boxing. Michael Chandler. Yep. And mm-hmm. I don't know. If he can stand straight up and stay upright, 
he's got this thing, but it's going to be tough, man. If that Absolutely. thing goes to the mat, look out. All right, so I'm going to go with Chandler. You've got Olivero. Let's hit the Triple Crown really quickly. The Preakness, not without controversy. As we know, the Kentucky Derby winner, Medina Spirit, is going to be there, even if Bob Baffert is not. He's got another horse in the race, so he's got two. How are you approaching the Preakness? I'm going with Jim and Arizona's guy, Dr. Baffert, and his other horse that you just said, the second choice, Concert Tour. He didn't run in the Kentucky Derby. His last time out, he ran a disappointing third in the Arkansas Derby, but they are making a jockey change, and they're going with big money Mike Smith aboard. He's on the outside. He has more natural speed than Bobby's other horse. I see him out quick in front. The biggest question and, and it is if he could hold up at the end in the shortest of the Triple Crown races, Jim. So I like Concert Tour, 5-2 choice here. All right, so you got the other right. Baffert entry. Right. You understand this. I mean, it's such an amazing ask for these horses, like to run in the Kentucky Derby when they've never run that far, and then to run this thing right back to the Preakness, that, that is insane. I've never, like I always Absolutely. understand why it's set up like that, but it's an amazing ask of these horses to come right back and have something that tough. All right, really quickly, Head, can you reset and run down exactly what you're doing this weekend because we all need to get paid? Yes, Clippers minus 11.5, Nuggets minus 9.5, Jack. Jazz minus 13 and a half. Wizards minus seven and a half. Going with favorites all there. Over eight and a half wins for the Vikings. And I didn't get to this one. Under yeah. seven and a half on old man Ike's Carolina Panthers. Ike, Tom Hanks this year, buddy. Belly up. They're horrible. Plus, uh, and also minus 130 on Charles Oliveira. And I'm taking concert tour to win the Preakness. When you call a Dell Technologies advisor, you are talking to somebody who is not waiting for their turn to speak. No, they actually want to hear what you have to say. They're focused on you, ready to give advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and offer tailored solutions powered by Intel vPro platform to keep your small business ready for what's next. Our advisors listen so you know your small business needs have been heard. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877- Seven seven. Ask Dell. So remember back in February when former major leaguer Johnny Damon went all Johnny Walker with it? And the one time Kansas City Royal looked like a stumbling, bumbling bottle of Crown Royal. You remember that, right? Like all DUIs are so inexcusable, insanely reckless, and dangerous. And the most unforgivable thing ever because they're so easily preventable. Don't drink and drive. And if you're going to drink, just make sure somebody else drives. It's easy. There are rideshare programs everywhere. You can get a designated driver. You could call a cab. Any of these things work, and they're so easy to do, every one of them. And no, there is no sliding scale on DUIs. All DUIs are horrible. But put Damon in a really unforgettable show or group. This guy. I mean, how about this guy? I mean, dude was pretty good with a bat in his hand, hitting 284 lifetime, but apparently even better with a bottle in his hand because he blew a 294. That's not easy to do, all right? There's shooting your age in golf, there's benching your total weight, and then there's having a BAC higher than your lifetime batting average. And he was a pretty damn good hitter. So take that dip for data as well. He blew a BAC higher than his batting average. If you saw or heard the body cam footage from that night that he was arrested, then you know somebody should have had the presence of mind, like Manny Ramirez back in the day, to cut this guy off. 
The video of the arrest is hard to watch. Damon is slurring his words. He's insisting that he was being targeted because of his politics. His wife was battering an officer because she didn't want to go to the slammer. I mean, the whole thing was horrible. Really, really bad. And the fact that two people who were that out of their minds and on the road makes a bad thing, a terrifying thing, and a reason for the rest of us to be enraged. Who knows how badly they could have hurt somebody else or maybe even killed that night. Damon, however apparently decided to use some of his 120 mil in career earnings on lawyers. Spending it on lawyers instead of a Lyft or an Uber or a cab. And those lawyers did some lawyering up and somehow got the charges dropped. Like completely dropped. Johnny Damon, who was nearly four times, four times over the legal limit, and could not stand up straight at 1.23 in the morning after getting pulled over, is skating. This guy was staring down nine months in the clank, but somehow got off by scratching a check and agreeing to some community service. And just like that, done. Got over. So when people say that money cannot buy you everything, maybe not everything, but mostly everything, just point to Johnny Damon. Because maybe it can't buy you everything, but it can't buy your way out of jail. Now it's unclear what's going to happen to his wife. Her case is more complicated because she laid hands. She laid hands on the arresting officers and she was charged with two felonies. Now she's looking at multiple years in the big house. So instead of drinking red wine and rolling around with her old man, she may have to settle for toilet wine and rolling around the yard with cellmates, which again could have been avoided if Johnny Walker Blue Label just called for a ride. Easiest thing ever. Half the family has bought their way out of any real punishment or accountability. The other half is now trying to do the exact same thing. So if sex and father time are the only true, undefeated, undisputed heavyweight champions of the world, money is not far behind. Money rarely loses. Just ask Johnny Damon. Little community service for being four times over the legal limit, and now he's done. People also pointing out, after he bought his way out of that, that today's actually a very unique day in the jungle. Today is the one-year anniversary of... Reggie in the OC, making this unforgettable yet extremely regrettable phone call. Who will ever forget where they were and what they were doing when this guy made this call? Um, but uh, <clears throat> I had to get in on this, man. Um, um, <clears throat> it's it's uh, uh, first off, uh, um, <clears throat> uh, Rome. Uh, honestly, I'm. Ah! I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Who will ever forget where they were and what they were doing when they heard that phone call? I know I never will. Well, well, for one thing, I was sitting right here. But who will ever forget where they were, what they were doing, and what they were thinking when this guy made this phone call? Um, But uh, I had to get in on this, man. Um, um, It's it's, uh, uh, first off... 
Uh, um, <clears throat> uh, Rome, uh, honestly, I'm... It's almost fake, right? It's almost like Jeff and Southfield or somebody called up to do an impression or do some something fake. That mean the, the constant and multiple throat clears are absolutely incredible. Rome, <clears throat> like homeboy is waiting for the mask to drop out of the ceiling and for somebody to apply it to his face. Or he's reaching for a brown paper bag, anything to get control of himself. So I'm not going to sit here and pile on and just keep playing that call. Yes, I am. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I had to get in on this, man. Um, um, <clears throat> it's it's uh, uh, first off, uh, um, <clears throat> uh, Rome. Uh, honestly, I'm- I love how he starts the call with, "Hey, man, I had to get in on this. I had to get in on this. Really." You had that much of a sense of urgency. Exactly what is it, Reggie, that you have to get in on? Um, but uh, <clears throat> I had to get in on this, man. Um, um, <clears throat> it's it's uh, uh, first off, uh, um, <clears throat> uh, Rome. Uh, honestly, I'm- honestly, honestly, you should have never called, bro. Honestly. Anyway, this is the one-year anniversary of that phone call. So what do you do for a one-year anniversary? Is that gold? Is that silver? Is that copper? I don't know, man. Whatever it is, it deserves something really special. Hey, Rome, I got hit with a channel higher than my batting average. Signed, Bo Diaz. That remains the one thread on this program that I have never understood. And I host this show, always have, always will, and I will never understand the fascination with Bo Diaz and how he passed. Jamie in Green Bay tweets, time to pull that drunk bus of yours out of the garage and sign an exclusive deal with MLB. Johnny Damon and Tony La Russa will keep you in business for years. You want to hear something absolutely amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. Now, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you consider all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So, when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. We are joined by Trey Mancini. Trey, it is so good to have you on the show. How are you? Doing well, Jim. How about you? Trey, I'm awesome. I'm awesome, and I want to be very honest about this. This is a conversation that I've really been looking forward to having for quite some time. So let me first thank you for making time for us. How are you doing, and what is the vibe like around the team right now as you get ready for an important series against the Yankees? Yeah, doing, doing really well. Um, you know, we've, we've had a pretty tough past five games, but uh, overall, I, I feel good about how we've been trending um, these last five games notwithstanding, and I feel like um, you know, our pitching staff's done such a good job this year, and as an offense, we're starting to click a little bit more as a unit. So, uh, yeah, I feel good about where we are right now. Trey Mancini, my guess. And then, Trey, your numbers are up across the board since the start of May. Does it feel like you're finding your rhythm once again, and are you seeing the ball pretty well? Definitely. Uh, the first two weeks were tough. I, w- I had forgotten after missing a season how quick the game is at the major league level. So, 
readjusting to the pitching and spring training can only prepare you for so much. Uh, you know, being back in regular season games, it's an adrenaline rush. You can't really prepare for, and you don't really remember until it's there. So, um, you know, the first two weeks, there is definitely some rust that needed to be shaken off, but I've been feeling much more like myself these last few weeks. Trey, it seems to me like doing what you're doing on the field right now is so remarkable and even more remarkable when you consider what the last year has been like. You just said yourself after missing a year, I know you've talked about your story a number of times, but if you're up for it, I'd be honored if you could share it once again because last year you went to spring training and you did the usual team physical and blood test. The doctors said that your iron looked low and it was even lower on a second test. At that point, what was going through your mind? What did you think it was? Yeah, so yeah, the, the athletic trainers on the team came up to me, told me my iron levels look low, and we were going to do more specific iron testing. They came back even lower that time, uh, so we knew something was up. And the head trainer called me in, and he said, you know, I don't want to scare you, but I think you might be internally bleeding somewhere. Um, you know, maybe the, the leading candidate is a stomach ulcer, but thankfully they were really proactive and got me a colonoscopy. And unfortunately, they found a malignant tumor in my colon during the procedure. Um, and six days later, I had surgery to remove it. And six days after that, which was my 28th birthday on March 18th, 2020, I found out I had to do six months of chemotherapy. And, uh, you know, at that point, we knew the 2020 season was not going to happen for me. But, um, you know, at, at that time, when you hear that, you have much bigger fish to fry and, and baseball took a back seat. Trey Mancini is joining us. I mean, you really summed that up very, very well. But just so we're clear on this, you go in there and you think that it's going to be a stomach ulcer or maybe celiac disease. They right. put you under. You think everything's going to be all right because you know there's a risk inherent with an anesthesia, but you assume they'll do what they do. I'll wake up and I'll be fine. Like When you woke up and you were told what you were told, what did you think then? I just couldn't believe it. Uh, you know, I, I had a little bit of a strange feeling going into it, but I still, you know, deep down I'd say I felt pretty good about it, and I was expecting it to be celiac disease, um, you know, or, or possibly the stomach ulcer. But basically he had, the, the doctor that did my procedure had ruled out everything that it wasn't. So he said, I didn't find anything celiac. You don't have a stomach ulcer. And, and you know, as he kept going, it hit me that the only thing left to say is that he found a tumor in my colon and, um, unfortunately, he did. So it, it's a, it's an absolute gut punch and, um, you know, the worst mo- news I'd ever been delivered. But um, I accepted it pretty quickly and knew that, you know, I had to had to fight it, you know, starting right then. You know, it's amazing, Trey, because I, I think and I, I always make this point when this topic comes up on the show that literally everybody knows somebody who has cancer or had cancer or everybody knows somebody who knew somebody who had cancer. We've all dealt with this. I mean, that's how insidious this is. My father had leukemia and he battled it for 10 years before he passed on. But I remember when my father and my mother pulled me and my sister aside and said, this is what's going on. And the way my family handled it, Trey, is they said, we're not telling anybody. We just are not going to tell anybody but you kids. And that's a whole different story. But I'm curious, when this goes on and you're only 27, what were those moments like for you and your girlfriend, Sarah? Yeah, it was really tough because at that point, uh, you know, I I had thought that colon cancer really affected only 50-plus-year-olds. So that's a big reason why I didn't really think it was a possibility. And the more I've learned about it, I now know that it does affect younger people and it is at a much higher rate now. So. Um, you know, that part of it was very unexpected, but it's really hard. You never think it's going to happen to you. And, um, you know, at that point I was seemingly healthy and at the you know top of my career, I was coming off a great year. So um, it's, it's devastating to hear that. And, and you know, you, you put your priorities and, you know, perspective very quickly. 
I mean, your perspective is absolutely amazing, Trey. But were there any moments, any times where you said, why me? Why me? Yeah, there, there were. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And, and still sometimes there, there even are. But uh, you, you definitely have to move on. And, and you know, it stinks. It's, it's not fun. But, um, you know, you can either feel sorry for yourself or get up and, you know, try to help inspire others and, and, you know, not let cancer stand in the way of any of your goals or anything like that. And that's the way that I've tried to, to face it. And, you know, being back playing baseball is, is, you know, just icing on the cake. Um, Cause there are a lot of times where I wasn't sure if it was going to be possible. So I'm making sure that I'm, you know, cherishing being out there. Trey Mancini joining us. I'm so glad you'd come on. We could talk about this. Like, for instance, and I definitely want to talk about where you are right now in baseball, but just, again, this point. Like, every two weeks, you would drive to John Hopkins for chemo. Like, what was that part of the experience like? And then what were the five days after the session like? Yeah, so it was strange. This was all happening during the pandemic. So my girlfriend, Sarah, could not go into the sessions with me. So we were living in D.C. I drove up to Hopkins, so it was an hour drive. Um, so I'd come home. It was every other Monday that I went in. So I'd get home from my chemotherapy session, and that's when it would set in. That's when I'd really like not to start to not feel good. I'd get pale. Um, and then from about Monday to that Thursday, I'd have barely any appetite. I didn't really want to drink any fluids or anything. It was really hard to keep anything down or, you know, I, I had no want to really put anything in my body. But Sarah really helped me and, and um, you know, helped took care of me those few days. And then luckily by about Friday, my appetite would come back. I'd start to feel decent and I'd have about nine or 10 days of feeling pretty good, which was the saving grace in all of it. So it kind of became a routine. So I went in knowing that those three or four days were not going to be fun, but then there were also nine or 10 days at the back of it, end of it where I'd feel like myself and I'd feel pretty good. So um, if you take it treatment by treatment, it, it goes by a little quicker than you'd think. Trey Mancini joining us. And Sarah, I know, is so important in that. And you had a lot of love and support from those close to you. But, Trey, what about the love and support that you received from your your greater family, your bigger family, your family of baseball, the love from your teammates, coaches, former players, fans, and more? How much did that mean to you? Oh, it means the world to me. Um, you know, I, I have been saying lately, going to New York and Boston and, you know, tell, hearing the fans be very nice to you and <laughs> – cheer for you whenever you go up to bat it's a very strange feeling and uh you know not anything that i ever expected to feel but um it's been amazing and all the players every single team we play everybody has been so nice and um you know they've asked me a lot of questions about everything i went through they've just been so great and it's it's just been an honor and a joy to be back and and throughout the whole process the whole baseball community was just incredible and it helped keep me going so in September of last year, you had your last treatment. In fact, September 21st. By November, you were really hitting it hard. You were working out five times a week, doing work in the cage. And then your first at bat in spring training, you received a nice ovation from the fans that were allowed in the stadium. You had a knock. You had a single. What was that moment like? It was incredible. Uh, spring training games, you don't really expect a lot going into the day. It's a, it's you know, a glorified practice game, I'd say. And um, I wasn't really expecting much going to the field, and I got the really nice ovation. The, the players on both teams, we were playing the Pirates that day. Um, you know, they stopped the game and just applauded me, and I wasn't totally expecting it. I'm not sure why I wasn't expecting it, but I wasn't. And, um, you know, it was hard to, to hold back tears there. It was just an incredible moment, and 
things kind of came back full circle because Sarasota is where I had found out the previous year that I had cancer. So to be back there playing in a game really meant a lot to me. Trey, what was it like for the home opener when you run out onto the field, there are fans in the stands, they welcome you home. It was such an emotional moment, I would imagine. Just I, I could see it just watching it. What do you remember about that day, the home opener? Yeah, I remember just trying to – I was thinking to myself, don't cry, you know, don't visibly – um, cry right now because it was incredible. It was 25% capacity, but it felt like 100 with the way everybody was cheering. Um, it, it just, it was a moment that I had envisioned a lot throughout the previous year. And like I said earlier, I wasn't sure if it was able ever going to be, um, if it was ever going to happen, but luckily it did. And it was everything that I had envisioned it to be. You know, Trey, I would imagine that it seems to me, and I've seen this before, like, and I understand this and I respect it. If you go through something like that and it is so challenging and it's so hard and it's so painful on so many different levels, I could see whereby you might say, I had a really tough year. I'm back. I really just want to focus on baseball, but that's not the way you're approaching it. You're extremely generous in sharing your story and being an inspiration to other people. Why is that the approach that you decide to take and why is that so important to you? Yeah, I think raising awareness is just so important. Like I said, a lot more younger people that wouldn't ordinarily get checked should get checked, especially if they have a family history. So um, I really want to pay it forward and, and maybe help save a few lives. If, if you know anybody hears my story and decides to go to the doctor, get a colonoscopy, and, and they can get a couple polyps taken out possibly, I mean, that's huge, and, and that's my goal, um, You know, because I don't want anybody to go through what I did because chemotherapy is not fun, I'm not going to lie. So... Um, if you can avoid it, you know, getting a colonoscopy is really not bad, um, you know, and, and I, I think it's just so important to get checked. I think that's so cute what you just said when you said it's really not that bad. The fact is, I did it. Really I'm, I'm due for a second, but Trey, you know what it is. It's like, it's, it is what it is, and it's not inexpensive, absolutely. But I got to tell you, man, that was right. like the best $1,000 nap I ever had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And it's more the day before. The right. cleanse isn't fun, but... Right. But, you know, and then you go, you have the procedure done. You can have a great meal after that, um, you know, and, and you really appreciate getting to eat food again. But it, it's a very important thing to get checked out. I think it's really important, Trey, what you just said. It's the day before. The prep is actually worse than the procedure. Would you agree? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, and I've, I've done it twice in the last year or so. And, uh, yeah, the prep's the worst part. And, and even that is not, you know, that bad. My last thought about this, and it's not that bad, exactly. The Players' Tribune piece last year, you wrote, I have stage 3 colon cancer. I started chemotherapy on April 13, and I am so lucky. How in that moment did you feel so lucky? I felt very fortunate to be playing Major League Baseball and and having the health care I do. And, um, you know, I I would never have caught this until it was stage 4, for sure, uh, if I didn't get that blood test and, and the athletic trainers weren't so on top of it and diligent and, and, you know, seeing what it was. And I felt really lucky to have caught it when it did and it hadn't spread to any other organs. And, um, you know, that's very important. And, and I felt really fortunate because I had no side effects at all. So that's, that's the scary thing is, you know, I had no reason to believe I had colon cancer and, and, um, you know, it's, it's crazy how it happened, but I felt very lucky that to have the people around me that, that helped me in that time. Mike Budenholzer is my guest. Mike, it is great to have you back. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me on.
So good to have you on, Mike. Thank you very much. You beat the Pacers last night in a game where Giannis went 40, 15, and 6. I mean, absolutely amazing numbers, of course, but he makes it seem commonplace. Mike, is that business as usual for Giannis, or maybe did he show you something even extra last night? Yeah, no, last night it felt like he had a little extra gear. Um, you know, some of the finishes, some of the things he did in the paint. Uh, you know, he had he had a little extra pop, um, which he, he does have, you know, a ridiculous number of nights. You know, it's, it's kind of like the, the, uh, the amazing and unbelievable becomes common with him. So, but, uh, no, he was, he was really good last night. We needed it. You know, they played well and, uh, you know, a high-scoring game. And, um, you know, it was, it was good to get out of there with a win. Mike Boonhoser is joining us. I want to talk to you, Mike, about a few of your other guys. But P.J. Tucker recently made the point that he knows how good Giannis is. And he knew how good he was from having to guard him. But since coming to the team, he sees how hard he works. He sees the kind of work that he puts in in the gym, working on a shot as well. How valuable is it when you have your best player also putting in the kind of time and work and effort at the facility that Giannis does? Yeah, I mean, you, you can't uh, – it's hard to articulate how important that is and how impactful that is when your best player sets the tone of getting in the gym, working, improving, getting better, not being satisfied, you know, being the ultimate competitor. He's just, you know, he's everything you want from every player. And, uh, you know, he just sets the example and people follow his lead. And, um, you know, we're just beyond fortunate in Milwaukee. And, you know, as a coach to have, have your best player, have the mindset, the work ethic um, that Giannis does. It just, it sets our organization and our team up for, for a lot of success. And, um, you know, we want to just, you know, do everything we can to be the best, you know, for Giannis. And, and he, he wants to be the best for us. And a lot of good things happen, um, you know, around Giannis. Mike Boonhoser, my guest. Mike, I, I actually love what you've done and what the organization's done and the team has put together. I think it's a fascinating team to watch. I want to ask you about this, though, kind of a big picture question that, because I had Michael Malone on the show earlier this week, and he was making the point that the season and everything involved with the pandemic has been an incredible grind, both physically and mentally, for the players and everybody involved. What has this season been like for you and your guys? Yeah, I mean, it has been a grind. It's been a challenge, but, I, you know, it's, I also balance every year uh, in the NBA is such a grind, and and it's it's so challenging this league. There's so many good players and good teams, and and I do think it's gone up a notch. And I do think you know there's so many things with testing and all that. But but you know our team, um, you know it's it's you know we're excited about kind of where we're going, the direction. Uh, we've we've been able to stay pretty healthy, you know, on all levels, um, whether it be the COVID or just you know general basketball stuff and. And been able to get you know close to our normal work routine, and um, you just get in a new rhythm. It's a little bit different. It, it is a little bit more challenging, but um, you know every year in this league, it, it's it's tough. It's tough to get through a regular season and get into the playoffs. It's and uh, and you know this year is certainly it's a little bit more. But we we've been a little bit on the fortunate side, and you know knock on wood, we can stay there and, and, and stay healthy and. Um, get going in the playoffs you know here shortly no I think it's interesting like to that point that it's just it is hard but it's a new normal and you adapt and you do what you have to do to get through it and then you had a couple of really key guys for instance Drew Holiday he had 20 points 14 assists and four rebounds and four blocks 
last night. So an amazing game for him. I've always been really about his game and his character and what he brings to it. Like, what has his arrival meant to your team this season? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's just the addition of Drew is probably as important as anything, you know, that's that for this team and this season and where we are, you know, he just uh, he's such a good player on both ends of the court. You know, you talk about two-way players, guys that can impact the game defensively, impact it offensively, and that's, you know, that's what you need. The more really, really great two-way players you have, the better your team, and, and to have it at the point guard spot, and he just brings the confidence and, and a toughness and a poise um, that, you know, it's, it's hard to match. And, uh, and then, you know, the, the character and the way he's just fit into to the locker room and with the guys and, and everything he does off the court, you know, it's like, you know, again, we just feel incredibly fortunate that, you know, he's, he's here, he's with us, you know, to, to work out the extension, have him committed and be part of our core, you know, going forward. It's just, it's, it's these, to, you know, from our perspective, it's the ideal fit. He's the ideal player. He's the ideal human, um, you know, to put with, with the guys we have here. Yeah, you said that way better than I ever could have. That's my take. I think he's just a class, class act on the floor, off the floor, what he represents, what he stands for, how he carries himself. You also added one of my favorite players, P.J. Tucker, and he had a great quote. He told SI, quote, Coach Bud is super transparent, and I'm at the point in my career where I know why I'm here. I have lived through every situation possible. It's not rocket science. They don't want me to do nothing I don't do, end of quote. I love this guy so much. Like, how do you see his role both on defense and offense, and what does he allow you to do? Yeah, I mean, the, the, what he brings, and, and it's, you know, a little bit like tell you're around a guy to, to see what he does defensively every night. Um, it is special. You know, he's just an elite, elite defender. Um, and, and I've really, I, I guess, been impressed. I don't use the word surprise very often, if ever, but I, I – he can guard multiple types of guys. You know, he's guarded some, some wings and, you know, almost point guards, guys coming off screens and pin downs and off ball stuff. And then he guards big guys. He guard, you know, he, he just guards everybody. Um, and, and it's been so impressive. And, you know, so we can switch a little bit more. He can do things and gives us like a little more variety defensively on how we can do things. And, and he just brings an edge and a toughness to us, um, really on both ends of the court, you know, offensively, I think, you know, what he can do as far as a ball mover and screener and, and get guys open and free them up is a little bit underrated. And then the way he shoots corner threes, um, you know, he's come up with some big offensive rebounds for us. Um, but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's just a mental toughness. It's a mental edge that I think he brings that, you know, this group, it's, it's really good for us. And, and he's been great in timeouts. He's been great in the locker room. Um, you know, he's just, he's a big time competitor. He's got juice. Um, you know, and it, it's good to have somebody like that, uh, you know, for our team. I, I love to hear you talk about him like that. I love that guy. And for all those reasons, yeah. you know, Mike, you spent nearly two decades with the Spurs, and tomorrow one of your former players, Tim Duncan, is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. You've said, quote, he is just one of the most incredible human beings I've ever been around, end quote. What makes Tim Duncan so unique and so special? Yeah, I mean, gosh, we, we could talk. I'm sure you've had other people. It's, it's like you could talk about him all day, and it's so hard to pick the perfect word. But he's, I mean, he's the ultimate competitor. He just, 
he wants to win. He'll do anything to win. And, and at the end of the day, you know, in sports, that's, that's really what you're looking for is winners. He's just the ultimate winner, competitor. But the, the, the humility he does it with, the unselfishness that he does it with, the, the ability to care for others and just, you know, I, I just think about him touching somebody coming out of a timeout, going into a timeout. You know, somebody just got chewed out. You know, they're they're feeling down, and man, one touch from Timmy, and that guy's like back on top top of the you know, the of the, of the journey and stuff. And so, I just think he's got an incredible competitiveness, but then an incredible humility, and 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 a way of connecting and being a teammate and being just a a person that literally everybody loves playing with. Um, it's it's so. You know, he's, he's incredibly deserving of the Hall of Fame. I, I think he's the greatest power forward ever. Um, I'm definitely biased, but he's just, uh, you know, one of the all-time greats. And to be around him for, you know, 17 years or 15, whatever, however many years I, I was there with him, um, just, you know, special time for me and, and just feel, feel blessed to have seen it up close. Right, no one like him. So, Mike, final thought for you. You've got the Heat tomorrow night, then you're in Chicago on Sunday, and there's so many different variables at this time of year in terms of seating. How much attention do you pay to that, both in terms of where you're seated and who you might be facing, and how are you approaching the last few days of the regular season? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an exciting time uh, for the league, for, for you know every team that's, that's in this mix, and it's it's crazy like you know it's friday afternoon and there's still a bunch of different ways things can fall out and so i think you just got to play you got to prepare you got to play and um you know get your team you know i, I think you want to be playing good basketball going into the playoffs and and in a good rhythm and, and healthy and so you're just balancing all those things and literally it's like 10 different things could happen between now and you know saturday night now and you know by sunday 20 50 different things can happen and so right now the mindset is just prepare, get ready, you know, go go play good basketball, um, you know, against Miami, a good team um, that we've seen a lot, and uh, you know, should be a great game. You know, I think we're looking forward to it. Hey, listen, I would imagine, Mike. Finally, you, whoever you play, has to deal with you as opposed to you having to deal with them, although you will respect them. But I'm guessing nobody would really like to see Miami in the first round if they had to, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought you were going to say nobody really wants to see Milwaukee in the first round. Well, that's a given. That's a given, Mike. I think we all understand that. I think we all understand. Yeah, that. you know, but and and, and the, nobody the ever East. wants to see your guys, Mike, and we all understand that. <laughs> I hope you know, but the East. I mean, it's really it's it's been interesting to watch. Even you know, uh, the last few days, I've probably watched a little bit more of of the other games. And Atlanta's so talented, and and you know the way they're kind of playing and fitting together in New York, and what what Tibbs has done there, and you know, just all up and down the East, there's just a lot of good teams. And, um, yeah, so I, I think everybody just wants to be healthy, be playing good. You, you're going to have a hell of a matchup, you know, Boston in the first round, whoever comes out of that, you know, play-in stuff. Um, you just got to be ready. I think everybody's really good, and, and including Miami, you know, to your point. Like, you know, they're in the NBA Finals last year. You know, they've got, uh, you know, a really good core group of players that's been together, spoke. Spoke like off the charts as a coach, like just you know, and ton and ton of respect for him and what he does, and um, you know, but it, it's kind of similar when you just you talk about these these teams in the East and the coaches and the players. 
Uh, this is what makes the NBA great, what makes playoff basketball great. Um, you know, I think right from Jump Street, um, the first round is going to be, the playing stuff is going to be good. Uh, the first round is going to be great stuff. And it just gets better as you, as you work your way through it. You I'm know, trying to so. get I was going to say, Mark, I'm trying to cut you loose, but really quickly on that playing stuff. For instance, I mean, can you imagine like the Lakers and Golden State in a playing game? I mean, maybe you don't have to necessarily concern yourself with it directly, but where do you come out, quote, on that playing stuff? Do you like that? Yeah, no, I think it's great for the league. You know, I, I'm, I'm imagining your collars and the stuff that you guys must be going back and forth and all it. The NorCal, SoCal, you know, if, if it was Golden State Lakers in a playing game, it would just be insane, you know, so. Um, it, it's, it's been a strange season, you know, how it maybe end up that way with the Lakers, you know, defending champions and they're just such a great team and organization. But, you know, if that's, if that were to fall that way, which I don't know if it will, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's exciting and, and the fans, I'm sure just, you know, going, going crazy with it. And, you know, I'm, uh, we're on the other side, so we can kind of sit back and laugh and just think about what that game would be like, um, you know, so we'll see how it all plays out. You know, another two, three days of, of games and, and results, and it's exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look who's back. The prodigal son makes his triumphant return. Can I ask you? The hell is cracking? What's going on? Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. Look what the cat dragged in. Well, who's the new guy? Yeah! None of your business. It's private. private. I'm asking you to respect it. And if you knew what the reason private, was, private, private, you'd respect private, private. it. Email. Oh, searing pain. Searing pain. Oh. Rome sitting down in the studio chair for the first time after getting cut. <laughs> Thanks for taking the last few days off to meet your two bastards. Sign the 80s Beach Motorcycle Girls. Okay, now. Bastards! There's your best answer. Chris Herring is my guest. What about Mace? The two-way pagers that he would buy for, like, his crew, he had the pin codes for them, and so he would use it to steal the women's numbers. He would use it to change the voicemail greetings on their phone so that they would sound gay when women tried to call them. Johnny, what do you have to say for yourself? Jimmy, you know, about that call last week, you know, I just want to apologize to Mark and Humboldt for absolutely, absolutely nothing. Nobody. Diabetes does whatever the hell you want. Blind people, you're next. The diabetes smacker. Darius Butler is joining us, breaking it all down. Are there a ton of guys out there who deserve opportunities before Tim Tebow? Tebow? Absolutely, 1,000%. But I honestly wouldn't be shocked if Tim Tebow is actually getting repped next season. My groom was on cough medicine, took a leak in the barn, and the horse ate the hay. Therefore, that's why the horse had that drug in his system. I mean, he literally <laughs> said that with a straight face. It was like a cancel culture kind of a thing. Maybe Bob is telling the truth. Maybe he's not. I hope that he won that race fair and squarely, and he's not lying. I'm not rooting against this guy in this case. You know why? I'm rooting for the sport. Justin Jefferson, we can step in, and we can rip this decision right now because of the chaos in Green Bay. Yeah, for sure. That's a big, big role, you know, having a player like Aaron Rodgers you know, not really agreeing with the team and having to see them two times out the year, not having Aaron Rodgers on that side, that definitely uh, will bring some joy to our game. Ahead now for Davis all the way, throw it up and in! AD, what's good, baby? AD, what's good, baby? Groin? Plan tonight or what, big dog? I need to know before I get down. Tom Telesco is my guest. We put a plan together in February, and we've been able to stick to it, stick to the process, and it's worked out pretty well so far. Gonna be a man in motion. All I need is my Broncos team. Take me where my future's lying. Tim Tebow's fire. Wow. Like, Herb investing time and money into Tebow is a tight end. Like, I have no idea why. For who? For what? Michael Malone. He loved to tell me how to do my show. (laughs) 
Great. I, I really appreciate you sharing that, and that's why I love being on your show. He's not just going to let me go about my business, questioning me, pointing things out. It's always coming from a place of love. What is your beef? Obscure health trend guy drinking a glass of cold ice water in the morning wakes him up more than a cup of coffee. No, it doesn't. Gas pump guy. When you pull up to the pump, know what side your gas tank is on. What is your beef? You answer to the name Booger? You don't have to stick with the name somebody gave you in third grade. Tony Luffman is back in the jungle. I am thrilled to be with the whole of Famer. I wonder when you sign your name like on a credit card slip <laughs> after a meal, do you put HOF? <laughs> you didn't conceive the dog, carry the dog for nine months, give birth to the dog, breastfeed the dog. It's not a kid. So there's no such thing as dog moms. You know, I never ask, I, I don't bring my cat to restaurants. I don't have my cat do dude, its business in your faster yard. faster than Pete Carroll again, dude. What did you get into this morning? Some mushroom coffee, 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 coffee. That's it. Yeah. Thank you, Cindy. You feel better, Adam? Yes. Mike North is my guest. Mike, it's great to have you on. How are you? Jim, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Long time listener big fan tell me you kept that aol address though nfl north at aol.com hit me up oh man i love that so i don't want to be in a situation where i commit to something and then i get there and the first thing that goes through my mind is what am i doing here like, what, what, what am i here, here for what am i here what are we for? doing what are we here? doing here man what are we doing benny what am i doing here man? what are we doing here? what are we benny what are we doing what am i here benny what am i here for what are we doing stop acting like bono bro what are we doing here what are we doing here Gregory Russo, were you folding shirts at age six? For me, I was just like, I was just kind of like a neat person. You know, I like to have everything under control. Lucas Giolito, you've done all the preparation necessary so that you can go out there and be your best. It's a much better way to live. <laughs> That's for sure. No other way to put it, Jim. The OKC squad right now, it's straight ass. Like, straight ass. I went to college with Bob, and I've known him for years. I can guarantee you that he would never, ever do anything to cheat. Some roosters are not getting as nice as they need to. Being so horrible at chicken sex. Sex with me. You gotta be straight. I look better and sound better than I have, like, forever. Damn, I look forward to catching up sometime in the near future. You think Thibodeau chose to have thin hair? Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Dude, you love the pit. Well, I'm driving your drunk ass home. Regards, pansies. Yeah, the perhaps the worst part. Barn swallows. I am who I am. Hello. Goodbye. Like, what are we doing? Good night now! Good night now!